We have arrived to the final four. Yes, four teams remain. Chris Sims, as you pour over statistics to educate the masses on the Vikings, Eagles, Jaguars, and Patriots. Yes. You hate the Jaguars. You're the biggest hater I've ever met. Well, can you please just tell people out there again who I was rooting for on Sunday, Jaguars, Steelers? There was a point, and you know if you watch this show, that me and Sims both bet on the Steelers to cover, and as the Jaguars went up 21 to nothing, I said, Sims, stop fucking cheering for the Jaguars. (laughs) We bet a lot of money on the Steelers. He loves the Jaguars. He's got a man crush on the Jaguars. I do. He can name you every player down to about 53 on the Jaguars. <laughs> they're that good. They are that good. They're they're a fun watch. You know, it's it's fun to watch to me old school football in a lot of ways. Just again, like, you know, I was raised in the 80s, maybe that's why I don't know what it is, but just smash mouth. We're going to impose your um, impose our physical will yes. on you. And that's what Jacksonville does. It's not always pretty, but they are usually the alpha male team on the field, and I love to see them kind of make other alphas yes. shrink Bow away. down. That's right. why we exactly. loved when Leonard Fournette called over Mike exactly. Mitchell and he right. sat him down. Right. Uh, I will say this before we get to our recap of last week and our bets. Is there any chance that Bortles is entering Tebowville in terms of this, this argument that doesn't make sense? Beyond what Tebow stood for and all that stuff, and, and I think Bortles is a better quarterback than Tim Tebow. Right. I'm not comparing them. The reaction, where very intelligent football minds... I think it's really close, first of it's, all. Yeah. How, how close are we talking? I mean, it's not that much different. Bortles is barely a better thrower than Tim Tebow. Barely. So if Bortles is 70... Bortles is not even the... He's not the 70th best thrower. He's the 70th best quarter. He's worse than 70 as a thrower. He's worse. That's what people haven't asked me that question yet. He's more like... So where is he as a thrower? As a thrower of the football, he's somewhere between 70 and 90. I mean, that's really just the way there is it. I haven't broken that down. Who's a better thrower of the football, Tim Tebow or Blake Bortles? (sighs) It's really close. Now... The stories that I've always, you, time out time out, hold on. let me just get this yes. the story that I've always heard about Tim Tebow he yes. was so bad in practice he couldn't hit open receivers it was going all it was like Hackenberg the type same of stuff. stories we've heard about Blake Bortles you mean the same story that Peter King wrote about when they were scrimmaging the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this summer and said he was so bad that I think they're gonna have to bench him in week one of the preseason there was the very famous clip of Allen Robinson running off the field and going man just keep it fucking in bounds the the whole week yeah, was but, Okay, I know it's hard for people to swallow. He's better than Tim Tebow. It's not by a lot. Okay. This again, you don't need to have the number one quarterback in football for your team to That's be successful. That's not what I'm saying. I know you're not. I'm, I'm just trying saying to tell them. That. I know you're not. I'm well, just... no, I'm just saying though that Tebow is. I mean, that's the low water mark. Tebow beat Pittsburgh in a playoff game. That's what I was saying is it feels like right now the justification of how good the Broncos team was, right. so good that they ended up winning a Super Bowl like soon afterwards with a very similar core roster with an actual quarterback. No, but no, no, they didn't I have an actual quarterback. Peyton Manning, if there was more quarterbacks that played that year, he would have been the 50th-ranked quarterback. Peyton Manning, that year they won the Super Bowl, was not one of the 50 best quarterbacks in football. He was not. He was 34 just out of quarterback rating out of 34 possible rated quarterbacks. If Moore had played, he would have been down the list. He was not one of the top 49 quarterbacks in football I just, that year. I, I, I thought that you had Tebow at 
such a low status that I didn't think Bortles could touch. You don't, I mean, Tebow couldn't throw the ball into the flat and run around the edge for the first down? I got really upset on Twitter last night yeah. when I someone said Bortles was unreal. Went through four reads and then threw it to Yeldon in the flat. I said, can we talk about the time he had in the pocket or the fact that he checked down to a running back and you're using the adjective unreal? Unreal. We're in a the very throw interesting a ball time. behind the line of scrimmage. That's and, what and I'm going to say this right now. No matter what my pick is. Right. I want the Jaguars to win this game because if we are at Radio Row right. and you are going to be – you're going to be – I don't even know how you're going to be treated. If the Jaguars are there, we're going to walk past all these local radio stations and they're going to go, Sims, Sims, I need you to talk about Bortles. <laughs> you have become the predominant expert on Blake Bortles. I guess. I don't – yes, it's crazy. You are the Steve Irwin of Blake Bortles. Man, that's awesome. I hope I don't yeah. get hit by a – Something. Stingray. Right. Unnecessary. Steve Irwin. R.I.P. Great guy. Yeah, he Why was a great guy. I know. Yeah. Well, listen, I, my, my kids asshole. still watch him. His, yeah. his kids. Yeah. That's all right. You're right. Damn. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles-ologist. You're a Bortles-ologist. I guess so. I'm well, a quarterback-ologist. I'll say that. I think we're going to get you a lab coat and a stethoscope. I and you're going to walk around being a quarterback-ologist and a Bortle, with, a, I, with a doctorate in Bortles-ology. Hey, I, I think Mel Kuyper's been listening to our podcast, too, just so you know. Because he put Josh Allen oh, as number Josh one quarterback. Oh, Josh Allen was number nine on his list all year. As and long seven as he doesn't six. do a Mayock and make Kaiser as number one for eight months and right. then switch later. Well, no, he, did, he did that last year, too. He did that. He had Kaiser number one until three days before the draft. That's the big bucks. But I know. It'd be I interesting to see there. Jeez. We all can right. talk. We're going huh? everywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at how we did last week. What do we got going on? Sims caught in the wash. Sims made zero dollars last week because he put seven ninety on the Patriots, cha-ching, and then seven ninety on the Steelers, kaboom. You still look like a fool in that picture. And oh I gosh. made a eight hundred and a half shell. That's what you are. I went three and one. I am now beating Sims by two picks, and I am closing in on even. Closing Good in on you. even. Can I? What was what was my money there? Where am I? You at? were down four thousand two hundred, oh, I believe shit. it was oh, four thousand two hundred and twenty. Just like you, man. Four twenty. Four yep. two two twenty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> real miscreant. <laughs> um, but so there's two games left t- in th- today's week. What the today's fuck week? Fuck? We're this? still gonna get sixteen hundred dollars, and as the games get more important, so does the money. Sixteen hundred dollars for two games. The question is, will Sim split it? Will he put it all on one game? I'm going all Where? on one, just so you know. <laughs> we'll start off with the early game, shall we? It is Jacksonville at New England. It is the Sims Bowl. This is literally the team that Sims has the biggest man crush on against the team that we have been trying to explain to people. I think they know is one of the greatest dynasties that we've ever seen. And yes. Bell Belichick is one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. Yep. But look at this matchup. The Patriots are favored by nine. The Jaguars' offense is sixth. Their defense is second in terms of total yards. The Patriots, first in offense, 29th in defense, never recovering from the Houston game, the Panthers game, and the Chiefs game in the first half of the year where they put up like 500 yards of offense. They don't give a shit about yards per game anyways. It's about points for them. That's all they care about. It's like Belichick said in a recent press conference. What did he say? Stats are for losers. I care about wins. Exactly right. He cares about scoring points. He's exactly right. Uh, So what we're going to do is, uh, if you listen to episode 149, if you haven't, go check it out. If you have... uh, We've kind of talked about the last games. I'm going to pick Sims's brain about this game, and then I want you to kind of go on your flow. Okay. Uh, let's start off 
with Bortles and that offense against the Patriots defense. Right. What sticks out to you for the Patriot for the Jaguars to have success? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, I think the first thing we have to talk about is the quarterback Bortles. Right. He he's got to play mistake-free football. I, I mean, you saw what they can do last week when he plays smart and just can make a throw or two. They're tough to beat. I mean, that game again to remind everybody and Lefko does a good job to help me argue this. The game was twenty-eight to seven, and Blake Bortles was 7 for 14 with 83 yards and no touchdowns and no interceptions. That's the kind of game they need from him. And then the game went on and he made a play with his legs and he made one more deep post throw. So they don't need to reinvent the wheel with Blake Bortles. They just need him to play consistent, smart football and hit a play or two, whether it be his legs or his arm, just to get them over the hump. I do hope that we continue to see more quarterback design runs. (coughs) Excuse me. Wow. I think that could be an edge. No, I'm okay. I just swallowed down the wrong pipe. Uh, I think that could be an edge for this Jacksonville You did offense. say right. in your film review yesterday right. that they designed some counters and, and yes. some actual running plays. Right. How much do you think that was in the game plan before, and how much can they add now? Uh, they can add. Uh, I would think you can. That's not a tough thing to add. Okay, it really is not. You can just find ways. I'm sure, Blake likes it too. I would think so, and it's going to keep Show them in the manageable wheels. situations. Right? He's big. He's fast. Uh, he's a strong guy. It's really the thing he does best, and it can really put New England in a bind. Okay, because I think New England, when it all said and done, the first thing is their great advantage is the same three we always talk about. The fact that they have Butler mm. and Gilmore and McCordy is going to allow them with a below-average really run defense to really pack the box. So exactly who do these right. guys match up with? You know, McCordy, it, Butler, and it, Gilmore. It'll be interesting. I, I think you'll probably see a Malcolm Butler on like a Marquise Lee. Okay, and then Gilmore will take whoever else is in in the game, whether that's a Hearns or a Keelan Cole, or whatever similar. it may be. Yeah. Right. And then but McCourty goes where? McCourty will go. It's going to depend on the situation and how they play it. I mean, McCourty sometimes is in the box playing zone safety there to help the run game. Other times he's covering the slot receiver man-to-man like a true corner because he is a first-round cornerback out of Rutgers. So that. But then here's another thing I'm going to throw at you. Because of those three guys, this is the other thing that I always find interesting about the D- Patriots. Their defensive side of the ball. All the players they have in their front seven. I mean, I know there's not a lot of like, not a lot of well-known guys. Not a well-known guys. The Dietrich Wises and the Adam Butlers but and the Trey Flowers in the world are exactly. Good players. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, you're going to see it on video. And I'll read it out loud. Go ahead, you read them. These are the seven names that he has on the screen. We have seven more to come. Oh wow! Yes, Eric Lee, Lawrence Guy, Malcolm Brown, Dietrich Wise, Alandon Roberts, Kyle Van Noy, and Trey Flowers. Right, so a mix of linebackers there. Yes, and then you have seven more. Yes. Holy poop! These are the big guys: Geno Grissom, David Harris, Marquise Flowers, James Harrison, Adam Butler, Ricky Jean Francois, Alan Branch. That is a fourteen deep seven. Fourteen deep seven, right? And they play them. All together, different combinations. And they're all in like the 30%, 40% snap rate. Exactly right. It just depends on the we situation. We about Belichick collecting these Yes, days. right, because they're so versatile, and he can use them in so many different ways in this day and age in the NFL. And whether he wants to put five linebackers on the field and two defensive linemen and have one of those or two of those linebackers act like defensive ends, so they're irreplaceable that way to where they can just substitute people in and out and give the defensive offensive line so many different looks and so many different personnel sets. To And, of course, they can throw fresh body after fresh body at you to where it can be interesting to see if 
can Jacksonville really wear them down in the run game? And that's my big question. Right. The Jacksonville running back game is huge for whether or not you think the Jags are going to cover yes. this line. Yes. And I understand why you're confident after they beat the Steelers the way they did. Let's not it even talk sense. about Let's talk about winning the game. Fuck the line. Okay, you fuck the I mean? line, right. win the game. Right. Okay, so in terms of running the ball, right. you said the Patriots brought out a 6-1 defense against the Titans. Stack the line, yes. Landon Roberts behind, two gap the middle of the exactly line. Exactly right. What do you expect against the Jaguars line? And is the Jaguars line as good as the Titans line without Jack Conklin? Because yes. that's who they faced last right. week. I do. It is good. It's better than the Jaguars. People better. are very surprised. Yes. I'm surprised. Because if you watch preseason, yeah. you were like, oh, the Jaguars stink. Cam Robinson's played great. Yep. Linder's been really good. Right. Can but Con, you, the, the guard, is good. What yes. do the Patriots do to stop it? And can the Jaguars match it? Okay, so the, the first thing is I think you're going to see a similar set from them like to start the game, right? 6-1. To have six people straight across the board, four defensive linemen, a linebacker on the edge, a linebacker on the edge, and like you said, a Landon Roberts in the middle – that's going to be a great set for them a little bit because of what we saw last week with Marcus Mariota. Yeah. It really makes the read option hard, right? And it, it so now, oh, running. okay, I could do this. Great. Okay, but we have a defense end there to go run down the line of scrimmage if yes. you hand the ball off. But we have the linebacker out there that's sitting there waiting for the quarterback. So they're not going to get burned by the read so option. It takes away the read option. That's, that's the first thing. You expect them to run. I that. do. And I expect them also to be in a similar lineup there because they're going to play man with those corners. And it's also a great set to stop bootlegs, right? How many times do you see the bootleg where the quarterback runs to the right and then the tight end comes behind the line of yeah. scrimmage, right, and goes into the flat? Well, now there's going to be a linebacker there ready to ready and waiting for What him. about the Jags if they want to run right up the gut? Yes. that Now, to me, this is another key area of the game. Allen Branch being healthy. Allen Branch is the biggest, best run stopper on the New England Patriots. He's having knee issues. Mm. They need him in there in this game because Jacksonville just wants to come down and just bulldoze you. They are a power offensive line. Most of the time, straight-ahead blocking schemes, and they are just going to move the line of scrimmage back and let Leonard Fournette get a head of steam and crash it in there, and if he's got a seam, good luck tackling him. So pay attention to the injury report and see what's up with Allen Brown. And then see the interesting thing. The Patriots are the ultimate, you know, for lack of a better phrase, mind fuckers, right? They come out a lot of times and... Maybe you'll do a defensive front they haven't shown in six or seven weeks just to go. So now the offense comes off the field and they go, damn, they're playing this. All right, so if we run this running play, we got to block it this way. And then they come out and they go back to what they were. And they mas- you wasted manpower on that sideline right. trying to figure out a new way to block something. And the next thing you know, Ninkovich is tipping it to himself. That's <laughs> that guy. But, yes. Uh, Any, so that's anything else from that side of the ball? No, I think really at the end of the day, that, that's the thing I would look for. How do you think it goes on that side well, of the ball? Well, I have a hard time, you know, New England knows how to stop these type of teams. I just can't imagine that. Who have that, they faced this year that's similar well, in that style? Yeah, I can't imagine them. Let me just pull up their schedule and I'll but give you some Do you find teams. the Titans' offense to be similar to the Jaguars' No, offense? I don't. I don't think it's similar, no. The ja- Jacksonville's old school, almost like Bill Parcells, you know, uh, we're going to come downhill and just smash you that way, where Tennessee does a lot of different things. It's side to side. It's, How does the Bill Parcells smash it down typically fare against a Bill Belichick defense? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the guy who taught that. I mean, he was a part of that, you know, coaching tree as well. So, 
uh, I have a hard time thinking they're going to consistently win that battle against the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, who, of course, was a defensive coordinator in the 80s, is used to defending these type of defenses. And like I've told you a million times, New England is a much bigger team than people realize. His team is predicated on size rather than speed. So I don't think he's going to lose that physical battle on a play-to-play basis, but it's something to watch for, right? Everybody watching the game, just like last week, watch the line of scrimmage. Just just literally, who's winning the tug-of-war push battle there? Yes. Because last week, if you watch the start of the game, from the very start, man, the Steelers, their defensive line went back two to three yards every play. Mm-hmm. And if that happens early on against the, the New England Patriots, I would say watch out because now the design quarterback runs the bootlegs, and you're going to make Belichick then go, damn, Plan A is not working. I got to go to Plan B, and because I got to do Plan B, it might have to sacrifice us stopping something else that I wanted to stop a part right. of this offense. That would be what I watch for on that side. Now to the prime time. Showcase. Oh, prime motherfucking time! There is a matchup that Woo! comes around every now and then, and it really happened in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Yes, which was the New England offense against the Seattle defense yes. in their prime. Right, and New England gave us the blueprint then. Underneath throws, tough receivers like Edelman getting up field and making guys miss, forcing the Seahawks to tackle. Let's start it right there, Canvasser. Go. Okay. You're making the point. You're doing no, great. I they kind of showed the blueprint on how to attack that show style Brady of stats. Super Bowl 49. It's very relevant. Really? I yes. did no idea I know you, you didn't, this but this is a, you're so exactly right. Super Bowl 49, right. he completed 37 to 50 passes for 328, four touchdowns and two interceptions. Right. It's honestly a low yards per completion for Tom Because Brady. exactly what you're saying, right? Yeah. Because they realize, we'll just, okay, if they want to play this like like bump and run on the outside and then basically play zone with their three linebackers and the safety in the middle, you have to find a ton of creative ways, right, to expose these zones in the middle of the field. And New England's amazing at flooding zones or stressing a zone to where they know the rules of that zone coverage and they expose the rules of that zone coverage. And that's what I would expect again. Two things I would look at. Canvasser, throw up the Edelman-Vereen stats from Super Bowl forty. So because Edelman and Vereen in that game, Edelman had nine catches for 109 and a touchdown. Vereen had 11 catches for 64. I remember after the game because then Vereen left the next year. The Giants, right? But I was like, man, 11 catches. 11 catches, back. right. Yeah. And, I mean, again, last year Super Bowl 51, Atlanta. You know what defense they run? Oh, the same defense yes. the Jaguars do. And you know who had a lot of catches James last White. year? Exactly what, right. Nine catches? Had, I think he had more than that. He made, he, I think he might have 15. I think he had something like that. So yeah. that to me, now when you get into the Deion Lewis, Danny Amendola stage, that's where I look at right away is – what is so Deion Lewis and Amendola are going to be vital parts to what they do? Because those are the guys they're going to use. Those are their pawns to expose those little zone coverages underneath that Jacksonville's so famous for. And there's nobody in football that has more ways to do that than the New England Patriots. That's why guys like Edelman and Wes Welker and Amendola and Chris Hogan, that's why those guys are there. Because it's such a key, vital part to their offensive scheme. There's nobody that runs what we would call jerk routes, option routes, read routes. 
Those are routes that basically the receiver has to read the coverage and be on the same page as Tom Brady, and then they're going to make the completion from there, and they're the masters of it in New England. I want to apologize to uh, James White. He didn't have nine. He had 14, which was the most catches in the Super Bowl. Right, I know. So that's how much they feature him. There you go. Uh, But I always think it's tough against uh, the linebackers with this kind of speed. Exactly. You're right. So Seattle, Atlanta, Seattle's defense is great. Atlanta's defense was really good last year. It ain't fucking Jacksonville, everybody. You think Telvin Smith and Miles Jack are better than um, Davis and Keekley? It's these two versus the two from Minnesota for the best in the league. And the but duo. what about prime Seattle? So oh. Bobby Wagner and King. I'm not. I'm not going to say they're better overall players. I think they're better suited to defend the short passing game mm. and the Amendola. Deion Lewis type of throws I'm Tell talking about because they're Jack. faster than Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. These are the, this is the these are this is the two fastest linebackers in football and they're on the same team. So Telvin Smith and Miles Jack versus Amendola and James White, right? Or whoever they're Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis is the guy. Yes. Who do you favor in that? You know, uh, to me, uh, I'm going to favor the New England Patriots and the brain of Belichick and McDaniel's mm. and Brady who are making the decisions. They've been in this matchup before, so. That is where it's going to be interesting. The Jacksonville Jaguars threw a few curveballs out on some passing situations to the Steelers. You saw it in my notes yes. where they changed coverages where I said, whoa, Take I've never seen Jacksonville do that. Yeah, good and for And if they can keep them on edge from that standpoint, that will be really interesting. Can I ask Go ahead. a follow-up? Yeah, right. Um, when I look at how the Patriots attack the Titans, yeah. motioning them to death. Yes. How do you think that the happens? Up-tempo do stuff. you think they'll go up tempo on the Jaguars? I think they might try. I don't think it's going to affect this team because they because of we only play two or three defenses in Jacksonville. Mm. They're going to be very aware that that's a possibility. Yeah, it's not Dick LeBeau with the Titans. Exactly right. Where they're trying to figure out all these rules. Oh, if yes. they go to three receivers this side, we're going to play this coverage. But if it's two receivers, it's going to be this coverage. No, Jacksonville goes. This is what we play pretty much. We're lining up. We know all the rules to our defense, yes. no matter what formation he is. They're not going to be tricked that way. If they end up playing some man. Yes. Ramsey Bouye. Yes. Who do they cover? Yeah, I mean, Ramsey Bouye are going to be, of course, keys to the game. And, and really, in my history, just with Josh McDaniels and New England, I'll be shocked if they test them much. I think they'll probably try to just go, why mess with these guys? Let's just leave them on the outside and not deal with them, and we'll find other guys that we feel like what there's What if they a, come to the inside? Th- th- that's where it's going to be what interesting. What if Ramsey and Bouye go on Gronk and, and Hogan in the slot? Oh, well, they can certainly play some man-to-man, and I do think that you're going to see in some obvious situations that you're going to see a Jalen Ramsey on Rob Gronkowski. I think I told you my stance. I think if you split Rob Gronkowski out, uh, they better put Jalen Ramsey on him and treat Rob Gronkowski like he's a number one superstar wide receiver. The play's going to him. He will be the first read if he's split out. Okay, So do that. If he's connected to the line of scrimmage, that could mess up things with the Jacksonville defense. There, I would probably say, no, then you put a Miles Jacks on him. A Miles Jack on him. Do something like that. Get somebody at the line of scrimmage that maybe can bang him a little bit. Then you play man-to-man from there. They certainly can be very scared from that point. I don't think anybody on New England, Cooks, Amendola, Hogan, when they're on the outside, it's going to be trouble. They're not going to get open. 
Not against this crew. This no. is this is I think right now if you made me rank the corners in football right now, it's Ramsey one, Bouye two. Bouye was my three, and Xavier Rhodes is my two. I'm putting Bouye as two after the Michael Thomas. I game. just think all that the end of the yeah. season, Xavier Rhodes wasn't quite as sharp. One um, thing that has been unbelievable, right. if you've really paid attention to the Patriots these last few years, is their ability to lose offensive linemen after offensive linemen yeah. and still protect the quarterback. Right. I don't think it's shocking that Dante Scarnecchia, their, in my mind, future Hall of Fame offensive line coach. Well, he is. They never get in, but he should be. He You're should right. be because right. I've never seen anyone do what he does. Right. He left. The line was crap. They brought him back, and all of a sudden the line's back right. again. Right. You've had issues all year. Yes. Joe Tooney's yes. had some issues, right. some shifting and all that. They are facing the best sack team in the NFL. Yeah. The One of the best ever. Team. Best ever. 55 sacks. Yeah, with like not blitzing. Like, this is a team that this just goes, our four will get there. This is Yannick Ngakwe beats his man. Calais this is Campbell, Calais Campbell right. beats his man. This is Malik Jackson is what Michael Bennett was five years ago. Right. They have all the pieces, and we right. haven't even gotten to their other four. <laughs> but how do they stand up against the pressure? Yeah. Because Jacksonville doesn't need to blitz, so no. how will they do against the front four? I, 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 can they protect Tom, or can they get a push up the middle? Can Avery Jones and Marcel Darius get a push up the middle? I do. I think they can, yes. And I still, Thune is going to be the guy to watch. Thune, as you know, and you left saw my guard, notes, left 62. guard, 62, right? Watch him. So pay he hung on by the skin of his teeth last week. There was a many a times where Brady was throwing the ball, and Thune's just about to get pushed back into Jarrell Brady. Casey's punching. Exactly right. Now, these guys are better than that Tennessee Titans. Yes. and you're gonna, He's going to see a rotation of... Campbell, Malik Jackson. I wouldn't be even shocked if Yannick Ngakwe got in there in a few Man, obvious like turns. A layup line. Right, they're going to try. They're all going to try him out, and they're going to see who who he struggles with the most in those situations. But yes, that front four is, uh, of course, one of the best in football. And I just think this is the other thing. You, New England's smart too. They were going to realize they're going to go. You know, first of all, right tackle Adrian Waddles in there. He's he's a better option than what they've had there. That's a good thing. But New England's smart. They're going to they're gonna have lots of ways, I would think, especially early on, to get the ball out of Brady's hands. Get it out. Let's not have him hold the ball and get into a, you know, Tom Brady, oh, shit fest, who's yes. everybody around me? And that's when Tom Brady gets rattled. Like we saw, whether it be Miami this year or the Giants Super Bowl wins. Can you do quick throws against the Jaguars? You can, but it's going to be hard, yes. Because they're in the windows immediately. They're in, and they read and react, and they go to the football because they're most of the time so in the zone. Let's make a prediction. Yeah. What are some routes that the Patriots will throw early on? I think that early on you're going to see a lot of those, like, you're going to see three receivers to the right. The first receiver crosses the formation at like four yards and takes the linebackers with them. And then they're going to have another guy following them. And he might follow and continue to run that same route. He might stop and come back out. Or he might just sit there in the zone and go, hey, we've spread out those two linebackers. Now, Tom, the other receiver is going to split the middle of them. You put it on them, turn it up, get as many yards as you can. You know what I thought as you were saying that? Damn, Tom needs some time for that to happen. Yeah, he does. But they'll have other ways to do it quickly, too. It can happen quick. It'll be interesting to see. This is the last key to the game to me. For, for for this matchup especially, is the Jaguars. Do we have a stat for it, Canvasser, the Jaguars' third down, or am I just going to say it from what we saw? Okay. The Patriots, third and five and less. On offense or defense? On offense. When the Patriots are in third and five or less, which they did a great job in Super Bowl Forty Nine, they're unstoppable. You're not going to stop the they Patriots. a million plays for A million. There's nobody in football that's got more ways to get four and five yards with great design. Okay. This is the key to the game, in my opinion. The Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, then you get into the third and six plus. This is where if Jacksonville can keep them in more mm. 
third and six pluses than third and five or lesses, yes. they will have a chance to win the game. Because when you have to go third and six plus, Jacksonville, first of all, they only let the third and long, 32.4% conversion rate, which wow. is pretty good, right? And why? Because, of course, their corners lock you up, and you have to pat the ball and hold it for an extra second, and then it's, oh, Yannick and Gotway right. just blew me up. That's where the game will be won and lost. That's the last piece of the puzzle for me is if New England's winning first and second down and they're always in third and four, third and three, third and two, third and five, Brady, McDaniels, they're unstoppable with Amendola and Gronk and all those ways. Are you ready? Fly, Eagles. Uh, wait, I, am I picking a um, – <laughs> You have to make this pick. I have to make the bet. Ja- Jaguars are nine-point underdogs. Yep. The Patriots are nine-point favorites. Sims, what are you doing? 1590 on the Patriots. Sims is betting 1590. It's not even fun because I can't catch you anymore, but. On the Patriots. I'm going 1590. Listen, I think this will be ugly. I mean, ugly. New England's going to have to earn this. I would not be shocked if this game is 17 13 with five minutes left in the game. It's and Brady puts Jacksonville Buffalo. Game. Right. And Brady puts one more touchdown on the board to end the game. Or it's, you know, it's 17 to 17 to 6 and Jacksonville gets a fourth quarter touchdown and makes it 17-13 yeah. and then we go, "Oh my gosh, the pressure's on." And Brady goes down and scores one more drive. And they, that's I just envision the game being that way. Now, that'll all change. Jacksonville in my opinion cannot win the game unless they do like what they did last week. They need one strip sack fumble. They need uh, an, an interception that leads their offense into short fields, I think more than once. If it only happens once, I still don't think they can win the game. It probably needs to happen twice. 1590. I know. So you're a savage. Yeah. You're well, I savage. suck at this game, obviously. Um, I look at the Jaguars, and I think that they had their perfect game of the year last week. Yeah. And they only won by three. Right, right. They put up 45 points, and they only won by three. Now, don't get me wrong. Ben Roethlisberger played the, maybe one of the best games he's ever played. It was awesome. It was unbelievable. Um, I don't think that there's any chance that we get the mistake-free Bortles that we did last week. I don't think people realize how bad the Steelers' defense was. We can celebrate the Steelers scoring 39 points on the Ravens, but don't forget the Ravens scored 38 points on the Steelers. The Steelers' defense has been one of the more overrated groups all year. Shazier being gone killed them. It's, it's a different unit completely. And it's like I told you last week. The Steelers are more of – I, well, I'm sorry. Well, I know. I didn't mean, go, go, go. It's go. the first time ever I've cut you off. <laughs> That's the, why I was a joke. But, no, I, I, I mean – yeah, and like we talked about a little last week, and I know my dad even said it on the podcast yeah. yesterday, where, you know, Pittsburgh's a defense is going to go, we're going to do what we do and we got some creative right. stuff and how are you going to handle it? Buffalo and New England are more like, what do you do really well? And we're going to take that away first and then go from there. And I'm just going to end this because I love when you come with analytics and I think part of my responsibility is to look at big pictures. Yeah. Yes. I genuinely believe that I was correct about saying the Saints celebration led to a slow start in that game and part of the reason they were down 17 nothing. I think some of the energy comes out. It's hard to get it back in. Sure. Study Bruce Lee, breath out, breath in. It happens. Right. I'm just saying. Wax on, wax off. Blake Bortles is talking all week about the Bortles Facts Twitter. Everyone's saying how great he is. We got Jalen Ramsey in a stadium saying we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I know that Doug Marone is saying we're a dynasty. 
The Patriots are about to lose both of their coordinators and their coach, star quarterback, and owner were just in a public fight, and they have never been more motivated. This is the last time the band is together. The last time. And they are facing a team that is insanely athletic. But Tom Brady has beaten number one defenses before. Tom Brady has carved up number one defenses before. And I think there's something a little bit different than daytime in Pittsburgh against the Steelers and daytime in Gillette Stadium where their season just started. They They are not, this is the most focused the Patriots have been since well, last year. Well, what does what 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 our, our, our friend Josh's New England friend say? When they're in the championship game, they're going, this is the regular season. This is where it kicks right. off. Yeah, so we're, we're just starting the regular the season. The regular season. Right. Right. Last right. week was preseason week Preseason week four, week four for yeah, them last week. Yeah, they handled it well. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. I'm going $800 on the Patriots. <laughs> I'm going $800 minus nine. I think it's really fascinating when you look at the Jaguars all year. They've been favorites of 7, 8, 9, or they've been underdogs of 7, 8, 9. Yes. Against the good teams, we go, well, Blake Bortles will lose the game. Against the bad teams, we'll go, that defense will score a touchdown to win. Right. I just think they had everything bounce in their favor last week against a team that really didn't coach them up at all, evidenced by the fact that Todd Haley was let go two days later. And I think they're going on. And I, Belichick loves these games. When he can just go through and figure it out. And I don't think there's a lot of stuff to figure out here. No. I also think that, look, Artie Burns and the Steelers' secondary, Mike Mitchell, got exposed. And that is the strength of the Patriots. Mm -hmm. They can throw eight guys in the box, handle the three guys in the back. They're going to be all over them. It's going to come down to maybe some special teams as well. They don't even have the punter like Tennessee did with Kearns. I just... I. I think the Patriots are going to make it an unentertaining game. They could. They're they're capable of doing that. They're capable of muting your strengths and just going, okay, we've taken that away, and now you're just ordinary. So that'll be – you're right. That's going to be very interesting. Do you believe any of the Brady hand injury stuff? I mean, not really, no. I mean, I mean, yeah, he probably banged his hand. Who cares? What's your score prediction? uh, I I think I picked a 24-13 to Um, the New England Patriots. I think the other thing, too, this is one last thing to this game, uh, and you've heard me say this, the field turf, it is going to be Jacksonville. New England's going to watch the film from Pittsburgh last week. They just better be ready that Jacksonville is going to be five miles per hour faster on that field. Last so, on that question, because this is, this is an exciting game. Right. We're I can't wait. Um, last question. Yeah. When do I know that the Patriots are in trouble? What needs to happen for the Patriots to legitimately be in trouble to lose the game? Right. What do I need to be seeing to go, oh, shit, this is going the wrong way? Well, the controlling of the line of scrimmage by the Jaguars' offense. Yep. If they start doing if that. the Jaguars are pushing back. If they're the pushing defense, back and you're seeing, bam, and, ja- and New England's going back a yard or two. They and, won't be able to stop And the Jaguars the are getting three and four yards yes. per run. That opens up all the easy bullcrap so passes they want to do. What else do I need to look at on the I, other side? I, of the ball? I think the other side of the ball would just be the pressure from the front for the mixing of cover. Like, is Brady? Is he dropping back and just the first guy he's looking at and he's hitting them and he's throwing them? Or is then it Pat, I would say, Pat, Pat. if he's doing that early, I would say, watch out. They got a game plan go. and they're going to fuck Jacksonville up. And there it is. That's what you need to watch for when you're watching the game on Sunday. The line of scrimmage, the push, is it there for Jacksonville? And is Brady's first throw immediately open? Yeah. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Let- I, I, I almost, there's a part of me that goes like, I don't know. There was a part of me, I was thinking about this last night, I was thinking about the game and just going, Maybe the Jags, you just keep Ramsey and Bouye outside all game. 
and just make those those receivers just you're not existent. Whoever it is, don't even match up, and then use all other nine guys to be creative and do shit. And I would suggest to you, right? WWBBD. What would Bill Belichick do? He'd say, I'm not going to keep them out there. I'm going to take away Gronk. I'm going to put Ramsey on him, and I might even shade somebody over the I just hope they have a plan B for that, just in case. Because we've said said, somebody can take away Gronk, and they can't. They'll put Gronk in a bunch. They'll rub people off. They'll get behind. And he's going to stiff arm Ramsey down and Ramsey. I just... Unfortunately, I think this is the week that Ramsey gets a slice of humble pie. I think he gets exposed. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't believe I just said that. Because yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Let's go to Eagles-Vikings, the NFC game that a lot of people are bad-mouthing because of these two players, oh, Nick no. Foles and Case Keenum. Case Keenum is running the 11th best offense in terms of yards, and they have the first best defense in, in Minnesota. Eagles had the seventh best offense, and that's still even though they haven't had Carson Wentz in weeks in the fourth best defense. And the Vikings are favored by three at home. Or, excuse me, in Philadelphia, they're favored by three. Um, This really feels like which offense is going to break through with these two dominant defenses. Right. I I see this game in the teens. Uh, Let's start off with Case Keenum, the 300-yard passer from last week. Yeah. So funny. Uh, Who has had a great season, is about to get some good free agency money, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Taking on an Eagles defense led by Fletcher Cox, Nigel Bradham in the middle, with a lot of good speed in the back end. Uh, what what, What are you looking for first here? I think the thing I will look at first... Probably the first few times that the Minnesota Vikings drop back to pass is Rashad Hill, the right tackle, just what he can do. I think more importantly, though, even before that, sorry, I got ahead of myself probably, is the fact that can Minnesota run the ball at all? Can they, continue, can they run the ball with some consistency to keep some of their play-action passes that Schirmer is great at designing some big plays for? You have said that the way to run on the Eagles yes. is to take advantage of their wide nine splits, right. which means they split out really wide, yep. and run between the guard and the tackle. Yes. Kind of, it, that, it's like not out. It's, like, it's not like an alleyway, basically. An where, alleyway right there. Yeah, because there's like the, there's nobody on the body of the tackle, right? So the tackle is basically free to go wherever he wants. Right. So he might be able to block down the three technique, and, then, and now the guard can come around and kick out the end who's wide out there, anyways, and you have a huge alleyway. Whatever. Jared it may McKinnon, be. Latavius Murray, and the guards and tackles for the Vikings can they take advantage? They of that? can. Their guards are very good at pulling. Okay, so they're very good at that. This is a man-to-man blocking scheme team. No inside outside zone they're going to pull guards they're going to do things like that I like that my first thing with Minnesota is this and especially you might have saw this in my notes watching the game they need to play Jarek McKinnon more uh, especially in a week like this, the hole is not going to be there long against McKinnon Philadelphia. Does have more burst and he Murray. has more burst to get to the line of scrimmage. Latavius Murray's almost like a little bit of that Le'Veon Bell ish type of guy, but he's not Le'Veon Bell and he's not capable of doing those things where McKinnon at least can get there and maybe get to the hole and get through it to where he can get some gains. I, w- uh, I would use Murray the way I wish the Eagles used Blunt. McKinnon, 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 and then Murray. Yeah, I think Let that him, would be you know, the right way to do it. He's, a, he's one of those later-in-the-game tough guys. Yes, because he's big and he will wear you down. Yeah. So those, to me, are the so things I look at. you think they can run on the Eagles? What do you think? What's your I, gut tell you? You know, I, I think they're going to be able to run enough to mm. keep just keep them honest, right? Um, I think this is really going to be one of the interesting matchups of the game in general. You know, what is what are the Eagles going to do? I don't, I don't have, like, a sexy angle to bring to you here other than the fact that Yes, maybe you can get to 
the quarterback Keenum with pass pressure with your front four. I mean, Fletcher Cox, of course, is awesome. But just the stable of guys, whether it be Brandon Graham, who you're seeing on the screen, what are they going to do to keep throwing at Rashad Hill, who they're going to see on film struggled, especially in the fourth quarter last when a week? the team knows that you're going to attack one side, right. can they take advantage of that? Yes, they can. And, I mean, hopefully they're going to take – Put tight ends out there. They're going right. to put backs there to chip guys. Maybe a few quick Throw screens screen inside there. there right? I, w- I would totally expect to see screen. some screens to the right. Yes, to, to, to kind of make the Eagles slow. Take down advantage a of them being aggressive Who up the field. Who do you put on Thielen? Who do you put on Diggs? You know, when they do that, I don't know if you guys are going to match you think up. Play a little bit more zone. I, I, I think they're going to try to do what they did last week, which is basically let's just play off. If they want to. Throw a four-yard, five-yard completion on the Let them that. have it, but we're going to make the tackle, and it's going to be second and five, and we're not going to bite on any slant and goes. Man. I'd be careful about doing this that crap. Thielen will go over the top in a they, second. Minnesota has an aggressive passing offense. It's not. It's more aggressive, okay, than the Atlanta Falcons. I know people got to process that because we hear Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. But, no, really – I mean, you, you watch the game with me. Uh, Atlanta is its more of a get the ball to your hand quick. Let's get it to a slant to Julio, right. see if he can run. You know, uh, stick route, five-yard out, blah, 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 right. those Minnesota kind of things. Minnesota is a very long, exaggerated play-action fake no doubt. with a pump and no then doubt. a Case Keenum. Alone. Yes, right. And even when they just do drop-back pass, it's not a lot of just short and dink and dunk stuff. It's like we're trying to get a 10- right. or 15-yard completion. 15 exactly yard right. Uh, so it's a different game that way. I do think they're going to be able to move the ball on your Eagles defense, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be ugly. I mean, this is going to be a defensive struggle football game all the way. I feel like every Eagles defensive performance has one thing that we wait for. Yeah. What kind of a game is Jim Schwartz going to call? Right. Salute to Jim Schwartz for a great game mm-hmm. call against the Falcons. Yep. Well-timed blitzes, smart playing off. If Schwartz tries to win it, you can get double moved because he's going to leave people on an island, and right. that's what I'm looking out yes. for right. is where are these co- those corners playing, where are they lining up, and then if Keenum gets time, there's going to be three, or, two or three shots that he takes down the field. Yes. What happens? Yes. If, the, if they go 0 for 3, Eagles got a chance. They do. If they hit two of those, right. I don't know if Nick it's Foles trouble. is putting up 14 or 17 against this defense. I know. That's really going to be. Let's flip it. Yeah, okay. Eagles offensive line against this Vikings defensive line. Yes. How do they match up? Because you said that was the big advantage for the Eagles against the Falcons. Yes. Was the size. That advantage is gone for this week. I mean, they're not going to just overpower the Minnesota Vikings front line. Now, what they can do, and if they consistently can run the ball and be in second and seven and then third and four and keep drives going, they can wear down this Vikings defensive front like you and I have talked about a lot. The Vikings front four, they only play five guys. And they play the whole game, and it's been an issue for them. So, right away, here's the – Go ahead. You talk through it. You're Here are the snap counts for the Vikings defensive line. Oh, this is against New Orleans. Tom Johnson played 93% of the snaps, and Everson Griffin played 91. Right. Fletcher Cox got in the 90s. This is the time to really use the guys. Yep. Daniil Hunter played 78%, and Linval Joseph played 71%. Right. Shamar Steven got hurt very early on right. in the game. Brian Robeson's really the other guy, only other guy they bring into the mix, really. So they go four deep, right. five deep. Five deep. And then the Eagles go about... 
eight, eight deep. deep. No doubt deep. about it. You got one of the best front fours in football. Because they'll yes. go two deep at every single yes. guy, and then they have some doubt. thirds that'll come yes. in too. Yes. So, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to just bludgeon downhill run game like you did to the Atlanta Who's Falcons. Who's matching up over Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks? Yes. Okay. So we're Who's gonna... going on the power side that you think is dominating. All right. Well, first of all, it's going to be more the, the first matchup. Well, let's the first matchup we have to worry about is your guy Hallivel. You know, your left tackle. Hallipuli Vati Vaita. Right. I'll never get it. Him versus Everson Griffin. Yes. That is something I will be watching right away, too. That makes too. sense. Okay? It is. But, again, what plays into your advantage is your field. Uh, you know, Everson Griffin's a speed guy. He wants to come it's off the edge. It's hard to get, get a lot of grip on that field. It is. It's a sloppy, northeast, January type of football field. So, that plays into, you know, your hands. Um, now, as far Especially as... Especially because you say that Everson Griffin first half compared to now, it's not even the same because he's just played so many damn snaps this year. And let's do that. Let's show that stat, too, because I got a stat for that. Viking sacks in the first half of the season compared to the second half of the season. First half of the season, games 1 through 8, they had 24 sacks. Games 9 through 6 16, 13. So nearly half the amount of sacks in the second half than the first half. And I'm going to be very honest with you, 37, they're, they're very low in the NFL in terms of sacks. Yes, they compared are. Compared to how highly ranked their defense Yes, is. they are. And I think, um, you know, again, yeah, Fletcher Cox played 90% of the snaps last week. Great. That was it's last like week. First time but he year. hasn't been doing that all year, right? Yes. Minnesota guys have been doing this all year, and it's caught up to them. I mean, it was not a great pass rush last week against the, the New Orleans Saints. There was one or two plays, maybe. Very really. early on. Right. And after, after that, that they Drew settled Reece in. sat there all day. Because they wore out. Yeah. And so that's where I'll, th- I'll be watching. If you guys can stay on the field, go mm-hmm. on long drives. That's you a can sign wear, that the Eagles are going to be in really And good it's going to be really good shape in the fourth quarter because you'll really dominate the Lions. You guys are Sustained not. Sustained early drives. Yes. Even if it only leads to a field goal. Or even no if they points. don't score. They're right. Exactly. You need eight, nine plays. Right. Take okay. some time off. That would be a huge, huge note for me in that game. Um, after that, you know, the next thing you got to go to is, okay, this de- defense for the Minnesota Vikings, it's better than the Atlanta Falcons last week, of right? Course. Right, it's better. I mean, Atlanta, at we all typed levels. up their speed all year. Yes. The Vikings, they're a little bit like, like the Jags. Like, this is who we are, yeah, are right. and we're just really good every position. No right. one misses a tackle. Right. Of course, and we're waiting to hear what happens with Andrews and Deho and his health after the concussion. But it's not even but a big deal because no. the kid Harris is every bit as good for my opinion. In my opinion, number forty-one. He had a lot of big plays in that Panthers game, actually. Yes. Yeah. So he's a good player. Now, I think the thing I'll look at here, you know, I think the next matchup that's going to be important to the game is, you know, because of your big O line and your run game that can be scary is going to be Alshon Jeffrey Xavier Rhodes matchup. Where before last week I would have said Xavier Rhodes will dominate Alshon Jeffrey in this matchup. Michael Thomas matchup made me think twice about that. Mm. I might be wrong, because what really I thought Xavier Rhodes' strength was going to negate every negate a Michael Thomas and an Alshon you Jeffrey. You just going to jam the crap out of but, him. You're right. But what happened was they were able to handle that. You know, Michael Thomas was able to handle the strong jams by Xavier Rhodes. You think Alshon can be as strong as Michael Thomas? He can. I think he's a, he's a bigger, naturally stronger guy. Now, he might not move, like, with route running quite as good as Michael Thomas, um, but still. I think that, you left impressed with Michael Thomas. I, 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 I left impressed with his just toughness on a yes. play-to-play basis. And then when he got off those jams and pushed Xavier Rhodes around a little bit, you know, then it became, oh, now you're in my court. We're down the field, and let's play the space game. And Xavier Rhodes is big. He has a hard time changing yeah. direction, See, flipping his head. my matchup is a Mackenzie Alexander or Terrence Newman against Nelson Aguilar. Sure. If they can find a way to get him in the slot yes. and, and kind of focus him there. Right. And, hey, 
Torrey Smith and Trey Waynes, you guys just run 40-yard dashes sure. the whole game. Sure. Give me Nelson the slot against one of those guys. Right. Because McKenzie misses – he takes loopy coverages sometimes. Well, he will. He's in a very tough spot in that Yeah, defense. well, I mean, when you're in the slot, yeah, it's, it's tough. really hard. Yes. I get it. Yes. But Nelson's – I say it every week that Nelson's the guy I want. Certainly. There. Certainly. How do you think Nick Foles' second half, can that continue? His accuracy, his his throws, can that continue into this game? It can, faith in the again, but it's just a different kind of scheme on the back end to where they're going to make him make harder throws Because this Nick week. Foles has had success against the cover three press bail, the sure. Falcons, Seahawks. Sure. That's why people were confident in that game. This is not a cover three yeah, press bail, though. What about this defense? It's like a cover three at times, but really more and less it can be man-to-man, too. Mm-hmm. Just true man-to-man, and you know what they do with the Kendricks bar in the middle, double A-gap pop out, one right. blitzes, one doesn't, both pop out, maybe somebody else comes, whatever it may be. They really have a lot of different combinations that play with your protection there, and that will be an issue. You know, Vikings, I think, as a whole, like when I compare it to just last week, right, where you guys, yeah, you moved the ball, but you still only put up 15 points. You probably should have put up a few more. The Vikings are better than the Atlanta Falcons. They have a little bit of a better size up front. And they're, they have better size at the linebacker yes, position. with take on the linemen. Right, with almost equal athleticism. And, and they then have a better secondary. They have a better secondary, too. They yeah, have they're better, better at all three levels. They are. They're better at all three levels. So that's where I think the game will be really interesting. And that's, to me, where then it goes back to what we said. Can you keep Minnesota's defense on the field and wear them down? If you don't, I don't think you guys can score many points. What do if you it's want, three and out, three and out. What do you want Doug Peterson to call? Like, how, how do you want him to start this game? How do you want him to set the tone? You were upset with the Steelers against the Jags right. because they were like, let's go wide. Yes. What play calls make the most sense in the beginning of the game against the Vikings? Yeah. From I, the Eagles' perspective. I, I'm not so sure. I, I would think the Vikings are going to look at that film from last week and they're going to come out wanting to stop the downhill run game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been telling Philadelphia so the to Eagle, do, right? So the Eagles just run, run downhill, downhill, run downhill. Do you no. say just meet it? No. What do you I, do? I, I think I would come out maybe take in this game. Not necessarily even take a shot. Like last week, I like that you guys took the shot early too. Got the pass interference, right? Unfortunately, it was a fumble the next play. But no, I think maybe this could be a game where maybe you come out early on and they're going to be so geared up and thinking about our run fits and how we're going to stop this. Right, boots, screens, quick throws just to get folds and a good little flow early right. on. Get some cheap completions. Who cares even if you drive the ball consistently down the field? Yeah. But just to do it to where Minnesota has to come off the sideline and go, okay, they have a little plan of attack to us in the pass game here that we have to worry about. Yeah. Barr and Kendricks and Harrison Smith can't just be coming downhill all game long going, we're going to smash Jay Ajayi. So I don't think you could come out and just say we're going to physically impose our will on them like you did on the Atlanta Falcons last week. Give me your score. Don't tell me who wins. What's your score prediction? 20 to 16. Sims is predicting 20 to 16. And Sims's winner for $10 is. Who do you think? Who do you think? I think that you're going to surprise me and pick the Vikings. I am. $10, Damn. Vikings. Sorry. Damn. I'm rooting for the Eagles, just so you know. Why? I don't know. I just am. I like the Eagles. So I, I predicted probably in week 14 or 15 right. that the Super Bowl will be Patriots-Vikings. Right. I am putting $800 on the Eagles <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a fucking homer. No, the reason that I, I feel like – I think it's from a betting perspective. Yeah. I think this is a 50-50 game. Yeah. 
to get the home team plus three is so rare. Right. And I think it really is a coin flip. I don't know who is going to win this game. Like, I really could see both sides coming out and, and figuring it out. To me, the end of the Saints game and the lack of pressure from the Vikings, yes. I just see them wearing down, and right. I see the Eagles defense ramping up as the game goes on. Yes. And as I look in the early stages... I think the Vikings are going to go out there, and I think that place is going to be crazy it with is. the dog masks. Right. And I also look at this. I have a really hard time. I've made a lot of money on the Vikings this you year. Have. Yeah. Their kicker, Kai Forbath, I have no confidence every time he comes up. It's None. Achy. And it's 90% of his helmet. Yeah. Like his helmet is it's so big. weird, yeah. and it's big, and he's got this Wide, big space. Big face, right? And he. He, he just looks like a Men in Black character, and I just don't think I just don't trust him. Yeah, and I think that Nick Foles in the second half really started getting it going, and I, the Falcons' ability—I don't know—I don't want to talk any trash about Case Keenum because I really think this Vikings offense is good, and I really have been saying the whole year that the Vikings are the team that yeah. I think is going to get there. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think this it's whole still field a game advantage about is, physicality. Yes. It's going to be on and grass. And I think the Eagles have a bigger and better O line and D line. I think that the Vikings' offensive line is super improved, and that's why they're here. Right. But I think the Eagles' offensive line is better. Hey. And I think I the you. defensive line. I think the Eagles have more depth. Yeah. And I think they have the best player on both D lines. Yeah. I think they have the best pass rusher in Brandon Graham right. at this point of the season. If we're starting first game week one, I'm taking Griffin over no, Brandon. I would agree Graham. with you. I'm not. And then in terms of interior defensive linemen, I'm taking Fletcher Cox over Linval Joseph. Yes. Linval Joseph is a great two gapper. Yeah. Fletcher Cox is a game changer. Yes, and and I thought Case Keenum made some throws last week that were whoa, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that out of Case. And really, I come down to playing in cold weather. And yeah. I said this on episode one forty nine. Case Keenum against the Packers, they put up 16 points. It was not a great offensive game. Against the Panthers, he did not have a great game. That was the other game that he played under 40 degrees. It was the last time they lost, and they just seemed to be out of sorts. A lot of penalties in that one. There will be a lot of penalties in this one, too. Probably, yes. Because Ed Hockley is our ref. Uh, Is he? Yes. I'm glad our man Serratores, though, is going to be the Super Bowl. And anyone talking shit about Serratores in the Super Bowl, you don't know what you're talking about. Best referee in the game. But Ed Hockley... Likes face. Well, you guys are bo- they're both very aggressive defenses. They're going to, you know, a lot of ways kind of call the bluff of the receivers, at t- uh, the refs at times, hold a little yes. bit until they go, okay, well, you're going to have to flag me. Let me see you flag me a few times before I back off. All right. Listen, your game could go your way. It could I'm go not, anyway. Either way. I just would, if Adam I just gave you my most two base. two double moves and I'm fucked. The, my, my most base premise was this right here, right? If I just wanted to get yeah. it. I just went, the Vikings defense. Better than Atlanta last week, I think matches up a little bit better with your offense, mm. right? And then the other way around is I, the Vikings' offense is better than the Falcons. The Vikings' offense will stress Jim, Wartz, Jim Schwartz and your scheme out and be more of a pain in the butt to prepare for than the Atlanta Falcons, who the scheme, like we've talked about, is very simple, and they basically just want to do it with their superstar players. And I I would flip it like this. I think the Eagles' defense is immensely better than the Saints, and when I look at the Eagles-Falcons game and how they got into an early hole, Mm -hmm. the fumbles, the punt deflections, all of these things, the pass interference, I don't see that necessarily happening again. Right, I hope not. And the Vikings are, if they have a lead... 
we let up one to the Saints. Yeah. I think there's a mental thing there, no, too. I, I've had people ask me, would the Vikings, the way they won the game, is that going to affect after them? winning a miracle. Right. There have been five teams that have come down to, like, Hail Marys and stuff. Right. I saw something today on NBC Sports. Yeah. They're 0-5 in huh. their next game. Huh. I think there's a deflation there. There could be. But this is the reason we love the game, because we don't know. We don't know. And I would say this, too. You know, <laughs> we don't Min- know. Minnesota made that play, right? Okay, yeah, great. It's celebration. The good thing, I just think, of just in the human aspect for Minnesota, is they're going to go, man, they're going to go back. And Zimmer, who's from the Parcells coaching tree, they're going to go back and watch the game after the game, and they did already, is just go, wow, we really fucked that game up. We're not doing like, that we did, Yeah, we did some things there that we should have won that game a lot easier than yeah. what we did. And that, I think, can at least maybe help a team refocus and get away from, oh, we're still celebrating yes. this great playoff play that we had. And as you're watching the game, some quick television predictions for you. Enjoy the story about the Kendricks brothers facing off. Enjoy the story about Pat Shermer's last time as a head coach was actually with Eagles, the Philadelphia right. Eagles. Yep. I don't know if they're going to bring up the fact that Lane Johnson promised the city of Philadelphia he'd pay for all of the Bud Light if they win the Super Bowl. Whoa. But maybe that could come back That's out. That was a good lot. preseason storyline. He's got that much money. Uh, but, man, the Nick Fo- – I think Bud Light actually said we'll, ca- we'll get the tab. They, they better. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be a really interesting one. So you're saying Patriots-Vikings. Yeah. I apparently have picked Patriots-Eagles. Yes. Man, some players, they raise the bar. Other players are the bar. Sims, Patriots-Jaguars. Which player is going to be the bar in that game? I got my, my eye on Deion Lewis. He is the guy that's going to be the bar, the guy that really nobody is talking about in this matchup in general. Yeah, Brady, Gronkowski, Belichick, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette. Oh, can Blake Bortles save the day? This is the guy everybody's forgetting about. He is one of the keys to this New England offense. Not only his ability to run the ball between the tackles, but more importantly, in a week like this, it's going to be his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, expose some of the Jaguar scheme, whether it's coming out of the backfield in the traditional sense or lining up as a slot receiver. He is going to be a very tough matchup, not only for the Jaguar personnel, but for the Jaguar scheme in general. And I really expect him to have a day where he's got like eight catches for 70 yards and maybe 18 carries for 90 yards on the ground, something like that. That is who he's picking to be the bar. When it comes to Eagles-Vikings, I thought long and hard. These teams are very similar, but I tried to think about who's the one guy that could flip it on its head. Yeah, He did it on one of the last drives for the Falcons last week with a big-time tackle on the backfield. His name is Brandon Graham. And I think Brandon Graham is going to be the guy in this matchup overhill the right tackle right. that I think, look, this man has not played a lot of snaps this year. He really hasn't. They save him up. And he's a kind of guy that's always fighting for contract money. He's a guy that Eagles fans have had an interesting relationship with. When the draft happened, Adam Schefter looked in the camera and he said, with Earl Thomas on the board, it's likely the Eagles will take the Texas safety. The Eagles took Brandon Graham. And for four years, we looked at the Legion of Boom and said, look what we could have had. Right Now... With Earl Thomas maybe leaving the Seahawks, coming towards an end of his career because he's such a hard hitter, we are in the prime of Brandon Graham. Right. We have two or three more years of prime Brandon Graham, and I think just like, this is a throwback, 
Derek Burgess. Right. When the Eagles went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots last time. Yep. Don't forget, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, they beat the Vikings and the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Now they're facing the Falcons and then the Vikings. And Derek Burgess had a big sack in that NFC Championship game sack game. I believe that that will be Brandon Graham in this game, causing a turnover against Case Keenum and giving the Eagles what they need to not just raise the bar, but to but set the bar, the bar or be the bar on their way to Minnesota. That's another storyline. I am kind of rooting for Minnesota to have the home field in the yeah, Super be Bowl. Cool, right. Because we hear it every year. The Texans could be the team. The Jaguars. This is the closest I've ever seen for a team. And if it's there, that place with the horn. The one oh, thing that man. really worries me. And that's a me. true team that could beat the Patriots because of that. That's I know. huge. But it worries me. They worry me, though, the Minnesota versus the Patriots. They really do. Because they're just so... They're so thin up front. I mean, mm. New England, when they play defenses like that, it's hurry-up offense. It's a barrage of plays. They look up and they go, damn, it's the third quarter, and we've been on the field for 65 plays already. Yeah, good luck. you got 35 more to go, and you're going to get your ass you torn up. you think the Eagles have more depth? I think Eagles have more depth from that standpoint. Man. Yes, yes. Uh, qu- quickly, as we wrap up. Uh, how was part of my take fun this morning? Yeah, it was cool. They're good dudes. They really yeah. are. Yes, I, I don't. Like I didn't know what to expect. Oh, well, they are our kind of guys. Yeah. Definitely. I didn't know what to expect. Like I didn't know. I you know only time I've ever seen these guys is people showing me clips where they're telling me I'm an asshole or fuck Chris Sin. <laughs> so I went in there like you know I was thinking like man am I gonna have to really argue with these guys? But no, they were cool. They are our kind of guys. We're gonna hang out with them at the Super Bowl a little bit. Have a few beers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. We have so much planned for Super Bowl. Our producer, Matt Canvasser, camera operator, Gabe. We are all going to be out there. We have these sleek little computer covers. A lot of people hitting me in the DM saying, where can I get one? Where can we get Sims and Lefko merch? That's coming soon, Coming too. soon. Coming to soon, near too. you. The internet. Uh, just to recap, Sims is betting on... Sims and I are both betting on Patriots minus nine. You are putting 1590. I'm going 1800. And then in terms of Eagles Vikings, you're going ten dollars on the Vikings minus three. Yeah, I did not feel as strong about and that. And I'm going Eagles 800 plus three at home. Uh, hit us up on social media as always at Sims and Lefko, Instagram and Twitter. 2:30 on Sunday. Sims and I will be on Facebook recapping, actually nothing, just, <laughs> I forgot there's no games on Saturday, just kind of getting ready. Yeah. We're going to be super juiced right. up. I'll have a few Sunday. more new nuggets. We might have some inside yeah. info, things to and watch honestly, for, And honestly, there's going to be some more coaching news, so right. we'll get into that as well. Right. Join us, Facebook, 2.30 on Sunday. And as always, check us out on YouTube. Just type in Sims Lefko. We're there for Sims. Peace out, homie. Hendrick would say good evening, and the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says good night. We will holler at you. See us Sunday. And if not, enjoy the games. They're going to be awesome. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, how's it going? Mr. David Johnson in the house. Here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Number one, tell Tiffany, thank you for her patience. She's been amazing connecting us today. Uh, my big question, man, it was so special watching you. Like, so special. And I'm so excited for your future. How are you? How's the health? How's the rehab? Where are we in the world of David Johnson right now? The world of David Johnson is going great. Rehab is going great. My wrist is strong, and the range of motion is back. So I'm just ready for a 2018 season. Uh, I've been rehabbing and everything, just getting ready for the season to start. 
I have read stories about Steve Nash rehabbing and watching every game in the Staples Center. I've, we've heard the stories of you know Tom Brady rebuilding. When you're an athlete at your level and you can't compete and you can only watch and you're still watching the game film, you're still talking to your teammates, what do you say to yourself to keep that drive going? Man, you just say, uh, you know, come back stronger. Biggest thing is come back stronger and, and make sure when you do come back that you're going to be better than you ever was before, and uh, you're not going to let whatever injury you had or anything that's hindering uh, be anything that's going to decide uh, or hinder you in uh, how you play. Man, if David Johnson comes back stronger, the NFL is absolutely screwed. You know that, right? Like everyone's in trouble now. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely trying to come back and be a force to be reckoned with. Um, I want to say first thanks to Rockin' Protein making this possible. We're going to talk about that in a second, but Rockin' Protein, if you are someone that gets jacked like David Johnson, you better be on that Rockin' Protein. Uh, Your coach, your quarterback, it's a whole new Cardinals team. David, you are going to be the face of the team now. What was it like to lose those two guys? That was tough, very tough to lose those guys, especially with B.A. being an offensive-minded coach and obviously with Carson being – the quarterback and the leader for our team, those two guys are very important in my development, not just with the Cardinals, but as an NFL player and my improvement and how I am uh, playing today. How often are you checking to see who your new coach is going to be? I, I definitely get notifications. So whenever, <laughs> uh, <laughs> whenever ESPN or anything that has to do with the Cardinals, I definitely make sure that I notify myself and uh, know as soon as when that – the head coach comes in that, uh, you know, I know who it is. I think what's interesting, you mentioned Bruce Arians being an offensive-minded coach. His accent is unbelievable. Where he's worked for, who he's worked for is crazy. Do you have a story in which you really learned exactly who Bruce Arians really was? <laughs> yeah, one story. Uh, it's actually my rookie year. I have a, I'll actually have a lot of stories. Ooh. Good one. My rookie year, I was uh, kind of just becoming uh, one of the, the players after the injuries, and I, we were doing a little walkthrough, and I was doing a blitz protection, and I came across, came across to pick up a blitzer, and Carson was throwing the ball, and his hand, his uh, his forward motion came down, and his hand hit my helmet, mm. and he kind of shook his hand, and you know, tried to shake it off, and BA just looked at me, glared at me, like he was gonna, you know, I don't even know, <laughs> glared at me, and he just said, don't. F and do that again, and uh, it definitely, you know, very intimidating when B.A. is uh, yelling at you, and I was still a rookie, and I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sure. What What about the other side? What about fun bartender Bruce Arians? Oh, he's, <laughs> I, I haven't had, I don't have much, but I just know when he, um, you know, when he is, uh, after a win, after a win, he's very, you know, uh, cheerful. He's telling you, you know, how good you did, um, and, you know, he's very excited, and that's the, the best thing. You can see him jumping around and cheering with the teammates, and he's just having a good time. Man, I was, I'm just curious, because if Bruce Arians' retirement party, I just don't know what kind of bottle to get him. What do you think he drinks? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I think he's a Shirley Temple kind of guy. Uh, all right, so David Johnson, we're looking ahead at this weekend. David Johnson, one of the top 
definitely three running backs in the NFL, and I'm excited for him to jump back to number one because he's going to be bigger and stronger thanks to Rock and Protein. Uh, David, this weekend we have two teams that I feel like you're kind of familiar with in terms of playing style, Minnesota and Philadelphia in the NFC. How do, you, how do you see it playing out from someone that knows the game? What's your feel of this game? I don't know. It, it could go either way. I, like you said, I play both of them, and they're both good teams. Um, and they both have momentum going their way. So with the, you know, the Vikings having that miracle catch, everyone's <sighs> kind of thinking it's like fate for them to go and play basically at home for the Super Bowl. What, what was and, your reaction when you saw that catch and run by Diggs? It was unbelievable. I was kind of confused on what happened. And, you know, how it happened and how it went down. And it was just kind of like a, I froze because I was like, man, how did, the NFL is so strategic and everything is so sound and everyone's so fundamentally, you know, ready. And I don't know how that happened. That was like a college, you know, uh, play mm. happened. And, uh, you know, the Eagles have all the mo- their momentum as well because everyone was uh, counting them out when Carson Wentz went down, but Nick Foles just came. And he's, you know, holding his own. Man. That running back tandem. All right, so uh, one quick question, then I will do predictions, then I want to get more rock and protein in here. So, David, uh, the linebackers, Barr and Kendricks, when you're facing a team that has that, what is that like for you, a, a running back that can also get out there on the edge? You know what? It, it's um, it's a competition, and that's why we love, you know, most football players love the game. Because it, it, when you play linebackers that are good, fast, you really have to be on your, you know, season cues, and you really have to uh, make sure you know what you're doing because, you know, it, little things they can get an advantage and little things I can get an advantage. Mm. And you really have to be ready to take uh, take advantage of those opportunities. All right, uh, so I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, David. Who are your two teams in the Super Bowl? Where are we going? I don't know, man. I'm, I'll tell you mine. I'm going Patriots-Eagles. We just did a bet show. That's who I'm picking. I'm doing Patriots-Eagles rematch what? 2005. What? Oh, that's why? No, I think it's more uh, – I think the Eagles and Vikings defenses are both top-tier defenses. I think that the Eagles have a bigger, stronger offensive line. And I think that if you look at the Vikings in outdoor cold weather this year, Case ha- – he's good. I love Case, but he just hasn't been as accurate. And I think Foles in the second half, I went, oh, he's now used to it. And I just think the home field advantage is going to be big. That's why I'm picking the Eagles and the Patriots because they're the Patriots, David. That's why I'm picking them. All right, reasonable, reasonable. What do you think? What do you think of my analysis? And, and come on, let me hear your picks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm just excited to watch uh, <laughs> a good game. Uh, are you a free, You're not a free agent coming up. All right, tell me about Rock and Protein. What are you doing with them, David? Why are they so great? Uh, to finish it off, I'm going to say Rock and Refuel. Rock and Protein hey. is a, a great, great drink for me, and, and I, uh, I love it. It's a no chalky taste, and it tastes great as well. So, David, you're going with Jacksonville and Minnesota, and I am going with Philadelphia and New England. We'll see who wins. All right, we'll see. All, All right. right, awesome. David, you're the man, brother. Everyone out there, Sims Alufko, David Johnson, check them out, all forms of social media. And as always, check out Rockin' Protein. If you're trying to get jacked, get the Rockin' Protein. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me.